Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Welcome to another edition of the Streaking the Line podcast. My name is Pierce, as always, and I've got, as always, Caroline with me. How's it going, Caroline? Hey, it's good. How are you, Pierce? Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to you. We have a very special guest tonight, uh, if you don't mind introducing Jeff to our podcast listeners. Yes, we're very excited. Tonight, we are very happy to welcome the director of content for UVA, uh, VirginiaSports.com, Jeff White. You've probably read um, some, if not a lot of his work, he does great in-depth, um, pieces on all of the sports at Virginia. Um, and so Jeff, can you just kind of say, Hey, and then tell us a little bit about your journey to becoming the director of content. Well, Hey, uh, glad to be on. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, well, I, I kind of got into this, uh, through a more traditional media. I worked, uh, I worked for the newspapers in Richmond for 20 years, first with the uh, the afternoon news leader, which was merged with the Morning Times Dispatch in uh, 1992, and I kind of steadily worked up the ladder in the sports department. I started off covering high schools. Uh-huh. I did that for about eight years. I, then I switched to my first college beat, which was VCU basketball. I did that for two years. Then I covered Virginia Tech football and men's basketball for three years. And I was actually there uh, the Michael Vick year when Tech played Florida State for the national championship. Then I switched over to the UVA beat in 2000 and covered UVA, all sports or the sports at least that we covered <laughs> through 2009 when I came to work uh, at, at UVA. They created a position for me here, uh, writing for virginiasports.com. So I went from, you know, having stuff in an actual print newspaper as well as online to being, you know, cyber only. So, you know, everything I do now, there's no, obviously there's no print edition of virginiasports.com. So everything I do is, is posted on the website in one form or another. Excellent. So I've and been you- doing that now for, uh, eight years. Nice. That's awesome. And you were a Virginia grad. So was this kind of I was um, an exciting progression as you kind of was Virginia always what you'd want to come back to? Or was it kind of fun covering some of the other local schools in the area? I mean, it, I, I think probably, you know, one of the most valuable things I did was was covering high schools, because mm. when you do that for a newspaper, you don't have sports information, people handing you stats, you don't have huh. people setting up interviews for you. You know, you learned how to do things yourself. So you really lay a good foundation if you do that. And if you do it for a while, like I did, you also meet meet a lot of contacts at the, at the high. I was in the Richmond area 
which now has more high schools than it did then, but there were still about 40 and I knew coaches at every school, mm-hmm. you know, you get to know people and then you move up professionally and, and sometimes they move up professionally too. And, uh, you know, one of the guys I work with at UVA now, Blanda Wolf, who's, who works in recruiting for the football office, he was, a, he was an assistant coach in the Richmond area when I was doing that. So I know him from then. You know, I know a lot of – I still know a lot of people in that area. So that was extraordinarily valuable just because you, you learn how to do things for yourself and, uh, and you have to be a little bit more enterprising. When, when you get to the covering college or pro sports – um, if you want to kind of coast a little bit, you can, because there's a lot, a lot is done for you. You know, the stats are provided for you. Quotes are provided for you if you don't want to go do your interviews. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think that was really valuable. I'm thankful I, I did that for as long as I did, but, but my wife and I, we wanted to get back to Charlottesville. Uh, we actually moved back here in 2001 and I telecommuted to the times dispatch. So I was up here. I was, I talked to my bosses about it at that time and I was spending a lot of time up here in, in Charlottesville anyway. And I said, Hey, we, we'd like to move back there. My wife is from this area. She's a UVA grad as well. Um, so they agreed that we could do that. So we moved back here in 2001. So we were already living here. So the move to UVA was pretty, pretty seamless. And, you know, I, I still do a lot of the things now and cover a lot of the same events that I'd covered before when I was with the TD. I'm just kind of on the other side of the fence now. Good stuff. So let's jump right into uh, your thoughts on the football season. It's been quite a ride so far uh, for UVA fans and I assume for the team as well. I mean, expectations after a two-win year, hoping for some improvement from the new coaching staff, but... Uh, I don't think many folks were were expecting them to go to Boise and win uh, or or rack up five wins and and one loss. And then you follow that up with two uh, pretty disappointing losses, uh, sort of games that UVA wasn't really in. What's the general mood uh, around the program? I mean, it's such a weird combination for me of like, wow, they exceeded expectations and now I had higher expectations <laughs> and, now, and now maybe I should draw them back. Uh, you know, I don't know how to feel. How, how should I feel? Jeff? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that's kind of up to you. It's, yeah, it's, it's been a roller coaster and, uh, you know, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, was predicting five and one necessarily. You know, I thought coming out of September, I thought three and one was realistic. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I didn't know how Duke and Carolina would shake out after that. I thought three and one was probably a really good scenario. Like if, if, you know, if the team came out of September three and one, it would be in a really good position to to do some things. And then to be five and one, obviously, is that much better? Um, You know, the BC game was tough. I think we have learned that BC is probably better than people realize. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, their win over its win over Louisville was not a fluke. Uh, they played great against Virginia, and then they were terrific against Florida State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how good Pitt is. I, you know, <laughs> I think Pitt is probably not as good as BC. I mean, I, mm-hmm. if in light of what's happened to BC since then, I think I, I'm. I, probably more disappointed in the performance against Pitt than the one against BC. Um, But I don't know. I'm not really sure what to expect. Uh, Georgia Tech is a very unpredictable opponent. 
they can uh i think the margin for error against them is really small uh, you know you can make just one slight mistake on defense or one guy is out of out of place and it can be the difference between you know shutting them down for a short gain or a long touchdown run so um yeah, historically, Virginia has played very well against Georgia Tech at Scott Stadium, uh, you know, through the years, whether it be George Welsh or Al Groh or, or Mike London won twice against Georgia Tech. Um, you know, so I'm glad this game is in Charlottesville. But, you know, I think the team I think the team needs something good to happen early in the game. You know, each of the past two games, they've fallen way behind early. You know, I think an early touchdown in either of the past two games might have really changed how things unfolded after that. Particularly last yeah. week, I thought, yeah. I thought on that after after the defense forced Pitt into a three and out on the first series of the game, and the offense had a good drive going. You know, I really think that if the offense had scored a touchdown on that drive, that the game would have been very different. You know, whether Virginia wins, I'm not sure, but at the very least, I think it's it's a close game to the end. Yeah. Um, you know, looking forward, you mentioned the Georgia Tech game and, and all that. How much do you think fatigue and some of the injuries are affecting the t- – there's some information that, you know, Kurt's been playing through a little bit of some shoulder pain. Um, obviously, they have used Lindell Stone two games ago, the BC game, in, in some garbage time. But how much do you think fatigue is wearing down? And do you think that there's any of the – oh, no, here we go again type stuff creeping into their minds? Because I know that I, – I mean, it's just so uh, so much pressure on these poor guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you know, there may be some – you know, it, it's it's hard to quantify that. Uh, I think it's human nature if, if you don't have – you know, uh, if you don't have a lot of success or you haven't come back from big deficits, it, it's harder to do it than if you've done it. Uh, I do think the injuries are becoming a factor. You know, it's hard for me to say that mm-hmm. they're any worse for Virginia than they are for other teams. I mean, Carolina has just been yeah. devastated. Yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's got someone hurt at this time. I, I do think for the first six games which obviously coincides with that 5-1 start the team for the most part stayed really healthy uh probably healthier than you would expect a team over the first half of the season but you know since then Juan Thornhill's been hurt uh Jack English got hurt um you know there's other guys so it's starting to happen and I think this is what occurs over the course of a season just the timing is not great for Virginia right now it, it, it really had a thin margin for error at a lot of positions yeah. um some you know the the number of dbs who are out uh you know uh, that was a, a pretty deep position to start the year and it's and you know they've lo- lost tim harris and jermaine crowell uh now you got thornhill banged up i mean those are three of your top defensive backs going into yeah. the season so um you know we'll see i mean hopefully everybody yeah. stays healthy and Hopefully some of the injured guys get back, but that part that part of the game is really hard to predict, and and I don't think you can overestimate the effect effect that injuries can have on a team. Absolutely, especially the depth concerns that I think, you know, we all saw uh, the O line and and the secondary would probably have been the top two, other than quarterback, of course. Um, you know, in the preseason, looking at the roster, and those two are the ones that that clearly have been 
not 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 disastrous, but have really taken a turn for the worse in the, the recent games. Um, who do you think uh, if if is the most likely win on the rest of the schedule for the Hoos? You know, I mean, I think. I think Georgia Tech, I mean, I think they got a very good chance this weekend. You know, whether that means they'll win, I don't know. But I, I think this is a team they can beat. I, th- I think Louisville is kind of hard to figure this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, in Lamar Jackson, they have an unbelievably dynamic player and a guy who beat them last year, mm-hmm. you know, almost single-handedly pulled that game out on that last drive. Um, you know, Miami is playing very well, though it, its margin of victory has, has been – you know, smaller than a lot of unbeaten teams have. They they haven't really been a dominating unbeaten team like a lot have, but they are finding ways to win. And, and Mark Richt is a good coach. And, you know, Virginia Tech, I mean, uh, a Virginia team has to go out and beat Virginia Tech. You know, it, it just hasn't, it, it, you know, it, it's been a long time. So, it, you know, it's hard to make any bold predictions about that game. You know, it, it you just, you want to see it happen. You want to see that streak end, but until it does, you know, it's hard to predict it's going to happen any given year. Sure. Um, so, Jeff, with now let's transition to basketball, which shockingly is today or at the time of recording is 10 days away. By the time this posts, it'll be probably about, <laughs> <Right>. eight. <laughs> uh, about a week out by the time people are listening to this. Um, it's very exciting. There's a lot of, you know, change in some faces or some new people, some people that left that maybe weren't uh, expected to. But uh, we just had ACC Media Day, Virginia Media Day. Um, what's your initial take on the 2017-28 Wahoos? Like, what are you most what are you most excited about this season, and who are you most excited to see play? You know, I mean, I think it's it's exciting just because there's maybe a little there may be more unknowns this year, and and that that's exciting. It can be a little nerve wracking too. But I mean, there have been teams recently that had such a strong core coming back that you had a pretty good idea what it was going to look like. Mm. Uh, I think I have less of an idea about this, this team, even though there are some core pieces in place with Devin Hall and and Jack Salt and Isaiah Wilkins. I mean, you know what they're going to give you. I think each of those guys will probably give a little more this year than he has in previous years, but you you know what you're going to get from them for the most part in ACC play. I think there's, and much less certainty with obviously the two guys coming off Reg Andre Hunter, but you know even Mamadi Diakite, you know he has to take that next step, which is becoming consistent. Uh, he's had wonderful moments. You know he's probably as talented as anyone on the team, but you know you can, he's not yet to that point where you can count on him to be that same guy every game. Where you can uh, maybe an Isaiah Wilkins, whose whose ceiling might not be as high, but you know pretty much he's going to hit his ceiling every game out or come really close. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's coaches always like to know that they can depend on guys. If you're a coach, you you don't want unpredictability. You don't want a guy who's going to give you two points one game and then 20 the next. Uh, I think (laughs) you'd rather have a guy who averages 11 every Uh game, you know, than that. Um, And then I think, you know, we saw lots of good things from from – uh, Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy last year, I think both worked very hard on the games and, you know, they're going to be better, but they're all, they're also going to get more attention. I mean, it, it's no secret that, that Kyle is a terrific shooter and sure. I think opponents are going to be aware of that. And, you know, it, it, he ran into some tough, 
times in the in the NCAA tournament at that level of play. So, you know, his challenge will be to to face that, you know, face those defenses and, and figure out ways to, to beat them. Um, and then I guess the the other guy I haven't mentioned, uh, so I'm forgetting somebody is uh, is Nigel Johnson, who's the graduate transfer from Rutgers, and. You know, I think he's he's had a lot of really good moments this preseason. He he's been playing catch up. The system is new to him, particularly the defense. The pack line defense is not, you know, something that a lot of schools play. So the the sure. principles of it are different than what a lot of players are taught at other schools. But uh, he's nice, I think, in that his skill set is different from that of anyone else on the team uh yeah. you know he's quicker he can get to the basket and uh you know it's good to have got different different skill sets on the team and he definitely brings one um in that same vein obviously the last time virginia fans saw the wahoos it was a not so great offensive output uh or maybe it was uh, offensive <laughs> output against florida in the second round sorry that was a bad joke was like a bad <laughs> um but against Florida in the, in the tournament. Do you think – do you see this offense being a little bit more fun to watch this year? Um, you, know, you mentioned Nigel, the speed. Is that something – everyone knows kind of what they're getting with the Virginia defense. What kind of differences do you think there might be with the offense this year? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some really talented offensive players. In fact, you know, I think some of these guys, there are probably bigger question marks with some of these guys on, on – on their defense though that's a huge point of emphasis at every practice and eventually i i have no doubt this will be a good defensive team but um i mean ty jerome can really shoot it we know kyle can shoot it you know nigel's a gifted offensive player i think deandre hunter is, is different in a lot of ways than than i can't really think of any anyone comparable to him who's come through the program i mean he's He's really athletic. He's really long. He, he's got a nice outside shot. He can take it to the basket. He, he just needs to be more consistent. Um, and then Jay Huff, has, there really hasn't been anybody like Jay Huff. I mean, you know, hadn't been anybody that tall to begin with, but, you know, someone with the skills to go with that height. So, um, you know, I think it could be and probably should be a better offensive team, but, you know, it still remains to be seen. I'm still not entirely sure. You know who's gonna who the ball's gonna go to at the end of a close game. Um, and I know I think I asked Isaiah Wilkins that question when I interviewed him, and he thought it might be Ty Jerome, and, and that wouldn't surprise me because Ty is fearless and he's not afraid to take that big shot. Um, but you know, in years past, you've had Joe Harris, you've had Malcolm Brogdon. Last year, you had London. You pretty much knew who you know, a play would be run for late in the game or who the, who the ball would go to. I'm, I'm not quite as sure this year. I don't know if I, I think Devin will be an effective offense player. I'm not sure, um, you know, that's really his mentality or personality to kind of be the lead dog on offense. I think he's just going to be a really good complimentary player. So, yeah. you know, who that, who that lead person is, I think we're going to have to wait and see. I think Caroline's pretty sure it's going to be Jack Salt jumpers. Yeah, Jack this is going Salt. to be the focus. Of, I'm, big on Jack <laughs> Salt. I'm the big defender of Jack Salt. Yeah, I tell you, I, I, I'm a big, I, I'm really a big Jack Salt fan. And, and uh, I mean, he's, he's just, he's so much better than he was when he came in. It, it, sure. It's remarkable. Uh, I mean, he really is. And, and, you know, he's, he's at the halfway point of his college career, which, you know, he's been here 
I mean, this is his third year here. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, for a guy to have two seasons left, to have come as far as he's come and still have two seasons left, I, I think, you know, is really exciting for the program because um, there are rough edges to his game without question, but he's, <laughs> he's smoothed a lot of those off, you know, in, in the time that he's been here. And I think if he continues to work as hard as he has, which I don't see any reason he wouldn't because that's just his personality, uh, I think there'll be more improvement. Awesome. Well, we uh, we want to make sure we cover the other big piece of news recently for uh, UVA sports. I'd love to hear your uh, insight on the AD search and uh, the announcement of, of Carla Williams taking over the position. I assume there's a lot of excitement uh, around about that, but um, if you've got any notes on, on you know, how, how that all went down or, or what your thoughts on, on Carla and uh, maybe the most exciting thing about her uh, coming into the position. Yeah, I mean, I was just impressed. I got to spend a little bit of time with her the, that Sunday, did an interview with her, and, uh, you know, husband than, than I did uh, with Carla 101, because Carla was obviously very much in demand that day, and, and uh, but uh, really impressive family, and, and the, the commitment to academics, you know, from, <laughs> from the children to the parent with their degrees, it's impressive and yeah she just seems like she'll be a good fit uh, I mean it's way too early to know what her management style is going to be because she hasn't been in this position before but you know I have friends who've worked with her at, at schools and they all speak very highly of her and and you know that was speaking highly of her just in conversations with me something where they might feel you know obligated to say something was just you know, frank comments about what kind of person she is and, and what kind of uh, leader she is. And it, it's all been very positive. So it's going to be an exciting chapter, I think, for the department. Um, I think there's uncertainty right now because no one knows exactly, you know, what what it's going to look like once she gets there and and uh, puts all her pieces in place. But it'll it'll be a fun process to be part of, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm excited. It was uh, awesome talking to her and her, like you said, her family is super impressive. And fun facts, her uh, oldest daughter went to um, Isaiah's rival high school. So she actually knew Isaiah back yeah, in the day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so we're just going to close out. You've obviously shared a lot of great info with us, but you have a couple quick questions. Um, you've interviewed right. a lot of Virginia people over the last um, eight years. Uh, well, last 20 years, but in the last, since you've taken over this role, we'll, we'll keep it a little bit shorter window. Who's been your favorite interview that you've done or like most fun or someone that was really uh, unexpectedly um, candid or fun to talk to? You know, I don't think it's unexpected, but I would say Micah Kaiser is as impressive as, uh, as anybody I've talked to here. And, uh, you know, I think I've, I've made this comparison before he's, you know, he's the football Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, you know, I think ba- basketball is a different animal because, you know, they're not wearing helmets and, you know, fans feel a different kind of connection because they're much closer to them. Uh, they know what they look like and the whole deal. F- football is a little different in that regard. And obviously the basketball team here, is, the men's basketball team has had much more success. Um, but Mike is tremendously impressive. Uh, Jocelyn Willoughby from the women's basketball team. She is another one in that mold. Uh, I mean, an absolute true scholar athlete, you know, really, really good player. Um, 
you know, the uh, I'm trying to think uh, the Kevin Sowers rowers are almost to a woman, just a really impressive group. Uh, <laughs> Philip Mihaljevic, the uh, the thrower who won yeah. multiple NCAA <laughs> titles. I mean, he's he's uh, it was really cool because I had an opportunity to talk with him. Um, when he arrived a couple months after he arrived from Eastern Europe and his English wasn't great then. And um, it was, it was fun to follow his career because his coach made some bold predictions about, you know, what Philip could do in college. And it was uncanny how closely his career actually, <laughs> how much it, how it matched. I mean, and a lot of times there are circumstances out of people's control that kind of derail careers. People get hurt, their coaching changes, something happens. But, you know, Brian Fetzer predicted great things for Phillip as a college thrower, and, you know, he did great things. So it, it was cool to kind of watch every step of his college career. That's awesome. awesome. Um, what is your favorite Charlottesville restaurant? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> we always see. have to get the, questions. <laughs> you know what? I have been, I was an undergraduate here in the 80s, and I've been going to Dirty Nellie's, <laughs> which is attached to Wayside Deli, uh, and I've been getting the same sandwich for 35 years now. I never <laughs> order anything but, but the hot Sicilian. And I've turned other people onto it. And Dave Kane has tried to take credit on the air like he discovered that sandwich. <laughs> when, in fact, when, in fact, I was the one who turned him onto it. So, um, you know, I like that. I like there's so many good restaurants in Charlottesville. There's there's a barbecue place out in Crozet where I live uh, called Smoked. which yeah. opened a couple of years ago, which is which is fantastic. Um so I used to work at the Blue Moon Diner. It's a lot different now than when, when I cooked there, but that'll always have a, a place in my heart because of that, too. Awesome. Um, and then I guess the last one for Halloween, if you could dress up as any Virginia-related person or thing, I guess, <laughs> if you wanted to go to the Rotunda, uh, who would you choose? <laughs> Oh, I think I'd go as Dave Kane so I could scare all the little kids. <laughs> there you go. I like it. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff, for joining us. We'll we'll let you go. You're a busy guy, and uh, we look forward to reading more stuff uh, from you in the coming days and maybe having you all back. Right. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I look forward to it. Thanks, thanks for thanks, having me. Guys. All right. Take care. All right. See you. Bye. And now, Caroline and I are going to talk about the football team a little bit more because <laughs> I still have shit to say. Why? Can I, I go too? And you just like monologue it? I'm just yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but here are the things that I've got to say. The, the O-line injuries are a clear, clear issue, and, that's, and, and the secondary as well. But they look like a completely different team uh, with the injury uh, to English uh, at tackle. Um, but that doesn't excuse the fact that they're getting away from Jordan Ellis when they shouldn't be, which is a, like a panic move from having a two, two, you know, double digit loss in both games early on things went wrong, banker, bad throw, et cetera, et cetera. Different things went wrong in both losses recently, but in both losses, 
I, you know, I try and give the, the coaching staff a little bit of benefit of the doubt on the play calling because, like, they are not the one dropping passes and, <laughs> and things True. like that. But the play calling on the offensive side has been an enormous issue, and I think a big part of that is getting away from Ellis uh, and feeding him the ball uh, among another plethora of issues. That, but that's a huge one, and I, I'm upset about it, so I needed that's to rant. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely get that frustration. And it's also just, I think it's just one of those, like, the situation just compounds itself where I don't necessarily want them just to run it all the time. Like, right. you want some sort of, it's really funny because I think there is a balance of you have to do both simple plays that, you know, but then you can't continually just run the ball at the middle because then right. they know what you're going to do. And then people complain that you're only running the ball at the middle and blah, blah, blah. So right. I get it. I do think that there's like, just I don't man I it's just been it's been tough it's I honestly like I'm not even mad like (laughs) it's I just honestly feel bad for the guys like because they're just working their asses off and they're trying like some of it I just think is like like you said the the secondary issues um and there's so many situations where it's like they're right there like the the Boston College one where it like goes from an almost safety to like an 87 yard drive type thing or yeah. Chris Peace was like this close, like words like could not yeah, be closer he, together. I don't mean to call out specific guys, but he's had a few too many this close. I know, you and know, so I don't know, like maybe like, just like, uh, like footing or just bad luck. It's like or, less like, of a coincidence, you know. Once I don't it's know. Like, I'm not ready to like, you know. There's uh, a lot of obviously, and maybe the refs could just call a damn hold. Can we talk about that real quick? <laughs> Sorry. You, you like, may. It's your podcast, too. You can talk uh, about it. It's just that's in, in no way whatsoever am I saying we lost the game because of blah, 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 blah. No, of course not. But it is just frustrating when you've got a guy like Andrew Brown or someone that's beating their man consistently and just this close to the quarterback, and they get, like, a pass off to the guy that's, like, you know, they, t- they targeted Cross and bless his heart. I thought he played relatively well in coverage. It's just he's a young guy who's still learning. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, he's he's right there, and he just didn't look around where he could have like smacked the ball down. The guy got like that kind of thing. So it's just, I mean, it's Blanding on the BC wants... touchdown did the same thing. He didn't turn yeah. around and didn't time it right. Like exactly, every, you know, none of this I think is us accusing the young. No, not at all. Of not my, doing their job. <laughs> my biggest thing of where I want to recalibrate fans and where I need to recalibrate myself is, yeah, we got a little high on the five-and-one thing, and we're like, oh, here comes crappy VC and terrible Matt Ellis trash pit, garbage pit, whatever. (laughs) Um, And were those games easier than the ones we're probably going to see? BC, maybe not. Because when I went back and looked at it, and Tech struggled with BC for a little bit, and Clemson had them at 7 nothing and going into the fourth quarter. So, like, that was stuff where we were concerned more about like with Clemson than we were that BC was any good. And honestly, I think BC has got a pretty solid team. They've got some athletic guys, whatever. That's not as bad as do we want to lose 41, 10? Hell no. But anyway, <laughs> the entire time that the fans have been like, yeah, five and one, we're getting votes. And we're part of that. We write the stories. I get it. Um, you know, we're publishing things to say like Virginia also receiving votes. I get that. Sure. Um, the whole time Bronco has been very consistent in his, we are rebuilding. We are nowhere near where we want to be, which is a good thing to hear as well, because obviously we don't want this to be the like top of where we're going because it should still be, this is still a step in the definitely the right direction. 
Like, no question this team is significantly better than last year's team. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. I think Danny tweeted something that said, and, and I'm still not mad about it because, you know, if someone had said preseason that Virginia was 5-3, and three, you know, this point of the season with this yeah. many ACC wins, we'd all be like, hey, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that's why it's so weird. Right. So I think everyone needs to recalibrate, look at that picture. And I understand you can't take this stuff separately. Like you have to look Mm -hmm. at each game. Like it would be very disappointing to not go to a bowl game or not get six wins after starting five and one. I get that. Uh Uh, However, I think this is a still very important stepping stone in where Bronco is taking this team. And I think we have to be realistic about the limitations we have depth wise and frankly, skill wise. I mean, like I said, sorry, Ben, it's shaking stuff. Party at Bennett's. Um, <laughs> but it's just, I, I think that's, we just have to be realistic. I think it's, yeah. It is. yeah I still think we're going to get six wins. I think we're going to get a bowl game even if we don't. That's also true. I, and it was David I don't Hale anyone. on ESPN who yeah. was talking about that. And after looking at what he was looking at, I think he's totally right. And there's no question in my mind that you take that bowl game. That is not oh, a hell bowl yeah. game. Of course like, you I've do. already seen people say, like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Anyone who, anyone who no, does that take is it, you get the extra practice. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's take a it, terrible take. take it. The only people who are going to remember that they played in the game but, but only had five wins will be us and Hokie fans, you know, to yeah, bring it. Like, whatever. it doesn't fucking matter. If it doesn't they, matter like, at all. Like, you take that every day of the week. Absolutely. Unless maybe it's, like, in Maryland. And then you don't take it because no one wants to go to Maryland. But anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, it's a weird, uh, it's a weird situation because there, there have been a lot of, I think, reasons to be disappointed uh, in the performances in the past two games. Uh, The the, the previous two, the two wins over DC Duke and and UNC included a lot of moments that could have turned into uh, losses and could have turned into, you know, troubling signs and and things like that so they you know there's some luck there's some resurgency there's there's this idea that i i think they showed grit in those two wins by overcoming potential pitfalls and you know you can say they they fought and they they try and they certainly fight and try i don't think the team's given up but they got their butts kicked at Pitt and by even more, you know, more soundly here against Boston college in a lot of troubling ways and not just like, you know, those toss up plays went our ways and the wins that they didn't go our way in yeah. the losses. The extended uh, drives. Jeff is totally right. That if a couple things happen early that go UVA's way, it could be a totally different game after that. But overall yeah. there, there was some, some real issues which is why I think people are potentially pessimistic about their chances. Yeah. Of and game. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be pessimistic about sure. the chances. It is tough. There's a four toughest games left. Sure. Um, and that is, I mean, it is what it is. That's how the schedule shook out. I think everyone looking at the schedule knew that if Virginia wasn't bowl eligible by this time, it might be tough. Everyone's saying it's brutal. It's tough to get. And that's tough to think when they've played eight games and, have a winning record they're over 500 by you know so it's you have to just remind yourself of sure. you know that type of stuff and it, it is tough but I think you're right the, the thing that I had the toughest time was with the long the extended drives um where they'd have them at like third and long and just unable yeah. to get the stop and, and that yeah the third down conversions for the other teams have been 
off just awful but also you know our conversions were bad i mean we could we could do a whole litany of things that went bad yeah. these two losses but that's basically just one. third down conversions both Letting side of the other ball, teams like. convert third down, <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. third and long and not being able to get a yard when you need it four or five times you know it, it, it there's a lot of issues there yeah. for sure but i won't be shocked if they win saturday um i'm sure georgia tech is riding high and uh has shown that they, uh, under Paul Johnson, can lose to teams they're not supposed to lose to, for sure. Yeah. Um, and they're, I, think they're, I think we're due, like, a big emotional win. <laughs> like, well, a big, yeah. like a, you know, like, a, on the road to Miami, on the road at Louisville. Louisville definitely uh, looks beatable. Louisville I don't know looks I, like, very beatable. Miami, I, oof, Miami looks they, really good. Um, they look good, but they also have not played – uh, impeachable football, like no, of course not. They don't know, like, flawless, they and I, I don't think Brian they're going to make the playoff or anything like that. But yeah, um, I think the the Miami Virginia Tech game should be fun to watch because yeah. both those teams look look I would say similarly good. Go I Miami. would get the edge to the Hokies. Uh, I want right Miami now. to win. I'm that petty. Of course, I'm not, not going to root for the Hokies to win that <laughs> game. Of course, I want Miami to win. But if, if I had to pick a winner after watching. Um, I'd say the majority of both of those teams' games, um, Tech's probably the front runner. Uh, I don't know. I, I could look it up where it is this year, but I would put. I don't the, care. Regardless, I should yeah, know this. I think I it's care. in Miami. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah, um, I am uh, getting more and more excited for basketball as we Ooh. discussed with Jeff. I, you know, I, I'm getting more and more optimistic, which is classic off-season fandom uh, as it's sort of tip off. Um, I think Kyle Guy uh, can only be talked about uh, an appropriate amount. I don't, I don't think there's any way to overstate his importance uh, to scoring uh, and, and hopefully being on the court enough uh, to do that scoring means he's <laughs> good enough defense. So yeah. uh, Kyle needs to make his jump, can be the star. Doesn't mean those other guys who we anticipate being stars for them aren't. Um, Jerome could always be more important. Wilkins, obviously, uh, all of UVA Twitter has named him the gluesty glue guy and all of glue guys. Uh, yeah. You hear yeah, that John Rothstein? How dare yeah. anyone else talk about you. other glue guys in this country besides our glue guy, an elite glue guy, <laughs> he is an elite glue guy, uh, when healthy and hopefully he stays healthy. He's looking, he's looking good. He's got a great That's attitude. Good. I love that kid. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. He is yeah. just, he is just a delight to talk to. Like they were just, just down there in media day. And he's a Tony Bennett basketball player. I mean, he is, he is obviously I mean, the legitimately. nicest in the entire fucking world. <laughs> like I, I, yeah, I'm not being. Insensitive. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. No. And that's the thing. It's like you, it's, it, he's great. <laughs> like he's really funny. He's engaging. He's, um yeah he's just he's a nice guy um and they all work hard and Devin Hall's the same way like talk about a guy that's just gone under the radar for not not for four years ever but he's the last guy who was on the ACC title team can you believe that Whoa. he was on that team um yeah. and he was he redshirted that year but you know like, he's a guy that's done everything that's ever been asked of him from redshirting his first year to you know playing random positions and mm-hmm. um you know, so it it's just it's fun to see these guys. Um, I don't, they're great kids, and it should be a very interesting season because I don't think that they're going to be preseason ranked. I don't blame. Doesn't matter. The experts for that, uh, you know, preseason yeah. number six and the ACC. I think it'll yeah. end up being higher um, because yeah. I yeah. 
I just the ACC is weird as as we've discussed. There's yeah. a whole lot of unknowns. Yeah, a lot, a lot of young guys, a lot of departed um, players, but there's also a huge chunk of the backbone type players. So when you're looking at like mm-hmm. Bonzi Colson and Matt Farrell for mm-hmm. Notre Dame or um, Jaquan Newton at Miami's back, and he's this, I think he's a senior. Um, Grayson's in his like seventh year, I think. He's, he just won't go away. Um, well, because he's <laughs> not going to do anything at the next level. So might as the well only the only team that doesn't have people coming back is Pitt. So, and they just don't have any <laughs> they players. literally don't they have literally people don't have any people. Back. Yeah. Um, so I think they might like crowdsource at the first game to see if anyone wants to sit on the bench for a while. Mm. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. But it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, um, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, even UNC has a bunch of people coming back. Luke May. Um, Joel Berry the second once mm-hmm. his hand recovers from his uh, video game wall punching incident, mm-hmm. um, you know. So they, it's, there's some some good players and some new faces. So um, it'll we'll see. I'm excited. UNC Greensboro next Friday. Next Friday, Pierce. Next That's Friday. Ridiculous. I I can't believe it's essentially November. I I, I can't believe it. But by the time awesome. you're listening to this, it will be November. In the future. Okay. Uh, well, on that note, happy Halloween, everybody, uh, belatedly, uh, whenever we post yeah. this. But uh, happy Halloween to you, Caroline. What UVA person would you dress up as were you to do such? Uh, Joe Harris. You would dress up. Is that just putting on a Joe Harris jersey? Or is there something yeah, more to it? Um, I'm wondering if there's anyone more, ex- not more exciting, but that would be more appropriate for my. Um, no, that'd be a fun one. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, I like I your idea to dress up as the rotunda, but you, I, I would dress up as the rotunda fire, or at least <laughs> well, like just have like someone halfway. follow you around in like a red costume that like keeps trying to like. Oh, uh, that's that. Uh, yeah, that's a lot safer than my idea, which was to just like halfway through the night light my rotunda <laughs> costume on fire. That's a terrible idea. Don't and do see that. how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. Are the who's going to win this weekend? Real quick. Um. I don't think so. Oh, Caroline predicting the loss. So I'll predict a win. I okay. think they're going to turn it around. We're going to beat Georgia Tech. I'm the optimist. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I was like, you know what? I'm happy. This is, I just have to change something up. I'm so yeah. superstitious. I've been saying win. So maybe if I say lose, they'll win. I don't yeah. know. Well, I'm a little stitious, so I think that's, <laughs> that's superstitious. I'm just kind of stitious. Everyone, go watch Stranger you Things. The joke and... <laughs> for me. Everyone, go watch Stranger <laughs> Things. Stop listening to us. See you next week for Pier- or I am Pierce, and for everybody else, that's Tricky Long. Good night. iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love, like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. 
like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today.